In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So, uh, Father John gave me a passage from the psalmody, from the Monday Theotokia, to cover this evening. It goes like this. Isaiah has seen the mysteries of Emmanuel with prophetic insight. Therefore, the great prophet shouted out, proclaiming and saying, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. He is God, the powerful and the counselor, the angel of the great wisdom. He shone in the flesh, taken from the virgin, without the seed of man, in order to save us. Tonight we're looking and speaking about the presence of God in our lives. I was sitting uh, a little while ago with an atheist, or someone who thought himself to be an atheist, and he was talking to me and he said to me, he said, listen, he picked a sin, you pick a sin that you're ashamed of, it doesn't matter what the sin is, okay? He said, would you do this sin if your mother was in the room? I said, of course not. Would you do this sin if your brother was in the room? No. How about your wife? No. How about your boss? No. How about this person? No. Why? And my answer was, because they're there. Obviously, because they're there. I mean, it's, it's no, I, would, I wouldn't steal in front of everybody, or I wouldn't do whatever in front of everybody. And he said, so, I have a question for you. Do you believe that, do you believe that Jesus is there? Do you believe that Jesus is there? And I said, well... And he said, okay, okay, let me, let me step back. He said, I know so many people who are sinning right, left, and center. They wouldn't do it in front of their parents. They wouldn't do it in front of their colleagues. They wouldn't do it in front of their spouses. But they do it in secret, thinking that no one is watching. And then they said, do you believe that these people believe that they are in the midst of Christ and Christ is in their midst. And for him, this was a reason, a cause not to believe. For him, he says, therefore, the majority of the people in your churches actually don't believe in God. This was his argument to me. Because if they really believed, then they would live a different life. Now, the argument is a little weak, but nonetheless, it speaks of something. It speaks of something about being aware of the real presence of Christ, that Christ truly is in our midst. You see, there's, there's something that has kind of happened over the last two, three hundred years, this idea of the secular. The secular is something, a place and a time where there is no room for God. So for example, things like math. What does God have to do with math? Science. What does God have to do with science? Basketball. What does God have to do with basketball? And so what we've done is we've separated our lives into two. We have this dichotomy. We have this duality. We have a place where God is and a place where God is not. In fact, this is quite convenient. It's quite convenient to have two worlds. One where God is sometimes, especially if He remains nice and quiet and an icon. Forgive me. We can come and worship, bow down, and walk away, and He's no longer in our midst, and we're no longer in His presence. This idea has kind of overtaken our minds and our way of life. 
And yet, what's radical about today's passage is that God reveals Himself as Emmanuel, God who is with us. God who is with us, actually, in our midst. There is no time, there is no space where God is not, or else that space and time would not exist. There is no place or time in which God has not infused His presence into it. We pray the, the common prayer of the third hour, the, the, the litany, O Heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, You who are in all places and fills all things. Treasury of blessing and giver of life, come and abide in us. You see, the Feast of the Incarnation, the time of, of our fasting for the Advent, is to wake up, to, to, to come to the joy of Emmanuel, the joy of God with us, in us, among us. Moses stood at the feet of a burning bush, at the foot of a burning bush, and all of a sudden he hears a voice, tells him, take your sandals off. Why? Because you are on holy ground. And I'm sure for a long time, for centuries after, people kind of estimated where the burning bush would have been and maybe pilgrims would go and say, wow, here is where God spoke to Moses. This is a burning bush. This is a, an encounter with the living God. God at that moment somehow entered into time and space. This is holy ground. Come the incarnation and the whole universe changes completely. A young woman becomes a burning bush. A young woman who so empties herself to receive the living God, Emmanuel, and the whole world from that moment is no longer the same. You see, we have parts in our lives where we've kind of said, no, this is really secular. This really is a place that is just normal, banal, without God, no room for Him. But that's just not true. Maybe we're blind to His presence, sure. I, I accept that. I confess that I am blind to His presence almost all the time. It does not mean that He is not there, that He is not among us, that He stopped somehow being Emmanuel. There is no such thing as normal anymore from the moment that He was incarnate. There is no time or space in which we are not in His presence. In fact, we have received a new calling, a new vision in the Theotokos, in St. Mary. And as she became the burning bush, you and I are invited to become also burning bushes. Where the presence of God, God who is Emmanuel, God who is with us, is no longer just an idea, but an actual person, one with whom we are given the ability to have a real existential encounter with. God is not an idea, but a person, one whom we can encounter, one whom we can speak to, one whom we can feel and experience and know from the inside. God gave us spiritual eyes to, to see Him and to know Him. The place of this encounter is in the heart. And just as we have 
kind of set apart spaces and times where we believe God is not, we've done the same within our hearts. There are parts of our hearts that we're okay with Him being in, and there are parts of our hearts that we're just like, no, there's no room for you. And yet, and yet, the invitation is to take off our sandals and to enter into this very presence that is always there, always Christ in our midst. Bishop Callisto Swear, when talking about the removing of the sandals, he has this beautiful way of explaining it. He says that, that when Moses was invited to remove the sandals, he was being asked to remove the leather, the dead animal skin that was between him and the floor. Have you ever taken your shoes off and kind of stood on grass or stood on something? What do you feel? All of a sudden, there's an awakened, heightened sense. You feel things that you've never felt before. And the banal and the normal and the mundane in our lives, when we become aware that Emmanuel is here, God is with us, this new life that we are invited to, we are given the ability to remove our sandals, to feel and to experience and to know life in a completely new light, in the truth of the matter. We are never alone anymore. There's no place and no time in which God is not. Now let's look at this very practically. When it comes to time, when it comes to time, where is Emmanuel? Where is he? The mind it has the ability of, of going to the past and going to the future. And in the past, what do we do? We have regrets, we have resentment, we have things that, we, that hold us in the, path, in the past. And in the future, what do we do? We have fear, anxiety, concern. And neither the future nor the past actually exist. Right? The future actually doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist. It's done. Can God be in a place where, there, where it is not? Rather, God is where in the present. He is here. We can actually experience this prophecy that Isaiah saw. A child is born unto us, given unto us. You see this present moment, when we enter into the present moment, and there we have an encounter with the one who constantly gives himself to us. He is given unto us, a child, born, human, one of us, living, till today. One we can speak to, one who hears us, one we can worship, one we can love, one we can sit at his feet anytime, anywhere but not in the past or the future. He is given to us here today. In the book of Hebrews, we are given this commandment, if you hear the voice of the Lord today, today, this is the day that the Lord has made, in the present time, Emmanuel, in the present time, God is with us, given to us. And the life that we are called to live, it really is a life that is very different than the secular life. 
By the way, its, it's antithesis, its opposite is also uh, broken. You know, either secular or religious. Christ didn't come to make us good, pious, religious people. He's come to give us His life. And that life is completely different. A life that is with Emmanuel, in Emmanuel, God within us and us in Him is a completely, completely different life. A life that looks very different. I want to share with you a couple of stories. I hear these stories and I'm reminded of the potential that God has created us in. Though outwardly we, we may not know what it means to be or to have God among us. There's a man, I will not tell you where he's from, which country he's from, or what his conditions are. But there's a man, this is a true story, who was arrested in the 70s for preaching. And they tormented him, tortured him, they removed his eyes, cut off his ears, did a number of things to him that were horrible for his faith. And this man was, was uh, someone who knew very well about Emmanuel. He was in the, in the presence of God, even in this pain and in this brokenness. And in fact, what's, what was amazing was that the people, the ones who were running the prison, were actually terrified of this man. Now remember, he's blind, cut off his ears, and he's been wounded and tortured, and yet they were afraid of him. Why? Because he knew Emmanuel. He was in the presence of God day and night. It's funny because they couldn't keep him in one cell. They'd, they'd put him in a cell and then you know, they'd find him sitting in another person's cell, encouraging, because there's a prison full of converts. He'd go from prison cell to prison cell. Outside of time and space, somehow, he'd go from place to place. One day, uh, he had, uh, you, know, ha- you know, helped a number of the people there to become Christian, people who were soldiers running the prison to become Christian. One day, they brought in like a really mean one, really like a tough one. So they made him wait in the room, and they, wait, they, they made him wait for a long time. Finally, he walks into the room. Sits, they sit him down in front of this fearful general. And the general is sitting cross-legged, and very arrogantly making fun of Scripture, reading passages from Scripture, and making fun of Scripture. And this man, who cannot see who's completely weak and small and broken, slams the table and says, Are you not in the presence of the Almighty God? How dare you sit like this? And the chair from underneath him breaks and shatters and he falls and he comes out. I guess he hit his face or something. He comes out running and they're like, What happened to you? You're the general. You're the one that's supposed to be terrorizing this man. How is it that you're walking out of this, this room in fear. What was special about this man? What's special about this man is that he knew Emmanuel. He lived in the fullness of this presence. Throughout the Old Testament, you see God's desire over and over and over is to be among His people and for His people to be with Him. When they were in Egypt, the people of Israel, God's 
command was that they may come out to the desert to worship me, to be with me. God always wanted to be among his people and always his people stayed far away from him. Always his people would keep him at an arm's length because I got to tell you, an encounter with the living God, an encounter with the living Emmanuel will change everything about your life. Changes everything. It's a lot easier to know him from far than to allow him to come into you and completely change everything about your heart and your mind. And yet, this is his vision for us. When asked about the kingdom of God, he answered them three things. First, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. So we know that it's close. We also have this sense that the kingdom of God is coming, right? We say, your kingdom come. So it's something that is coming. But in the end, when they asked him, where is this kingdom of yours? What did he answer? He said, the kingdom of God is inside of you. And who is the kingdom of God? Not what is, but who is the kingdom of God? It is the Lord Christ Himself who at every moment of your day, awake or asleep, is Emmanuel to you. He is God in our midst. Finally, how do we experience this presence? How do we enter into this presence practically? One of the most beautiful things is to have the Theotokos, St. Mary, as a living icon of how one enters into this presence. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. God resists the proud, but gives grace to who? The humble. You want to enter into His presence and remain there? You want to become one with Him? You want to become a burning bush? One who conforms himself or herself to His image? Then it begins by us being in the present and humbling ourselves to Him. St. Mary is the deepest valley that He could find. He looked and searched for the deepest valley, the one He could fill. Only for you and I to recognize that we need to become a deep valley. When we embrace the humility of Christ, when we embrace His cross and conform ourselves to the image of God, then our spiritual eyes can begin to be opened to Emmanuel, to the presence of God among us at every moment of the day. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This purity of heart begins when we know ourselves to be in need of God. When we become humble, when we humble ourselves, when we stop putting confidence in ourselves, when we express our dire need to return to Him, when we seek His grace, when we invite Him into every corner of our lives, where there is no more secular or religious only Emmanuel, God in our midst. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.